Hi, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. And hello, everyone. Welcome to the paddock. That was a race, man. So, you know, it was weird. It was wild. It was good. I'm a little upset with some of the ending, but we're ready to talk about it. And we are fresh off the race finish. And today we have Ito, Meg, Melissa, Hannah, and myself, Chelsea. We're going to start off talking about the practice and the qualies from Friday. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Ito. I mean, F he won't. We only really got 10 minutes of it before it was red flagged due to Ghastly. So not much happened. But the good part of this was that it gave us an interesting one, two, three of Bottas, Stroll, and Alonso. I mean, Bottas in P1 in Alfa Romeo? Come on, we don't see that every day. But at the same time, as I said, because not much happened due to Gasly's red flag and then the red flag being extended due to CCTV issues, it became annoying. You'd kind of think that they would have a backup plan in place, like if something like that occurred. And I think they did, but they all fell through. But still, come on. It's a track that isn't part of F2 calendar, meaning that the rookies and Hulkenberg even haven't raced here ever or at least in Hulkenberg's case in a few years so you'd think they would do everything in their power to make them have a go or have as much practice time as possible but no plus there was a time where CCTV wasn't part of F1 so you'd think that someone would remember how to do it without it like they would have like backup marshals or whatever is needed to have them do it without CCTV, but no. But at least we got a good Groundhog documentary out of it because that's all the commentators could comment on of the cute groundhogs running around. We saw a few appearances of Gary and his family, which was kind of cute. And we got an extended FP2 out of it by 30 minutes, but that got red flag too. But Melissa will talk about that more. I will say rushing to watch FP1 during work and then seeing this, was, which was the Groundhog documentary, made me laugh enough to not care that I was missing an actual race. So I wasn't able to watch FP1 just because I was busy with work, but I was able to watch FP2. And I want to say shout out to my gym for having it on TV. I was able to watch the session in between sets and that was really entertaining because I was that person running over with the weights to the place like that area where they were showing it and it made my workout a lot better and more entertaining for sure. But like Ido had said, the session had started 30 minutes earlier due to the red flags from FP1. It was nice to have the additional time shown just, I mean, I like watching cars go by and go really fast, but unfortunately it was another chaotic session. I wouldn't say unfortunately some teams but for others it definitely was we saw ping continue to struggle and ultimately Ocon had to end the session early due to mechanical problems i remember just at one point doing a set and then looking up and just seeing his car smoking and i was just like this is not a good time for him and then we also saw nico and the Haas having to end his session early for the same exact reason and we ended the session with lewis and p1 followed by george and carlos and that was nice to see as a ferrari and a mercedes fan seeing that potential and being like maybe there's some there's something for this weekend 
As for FP3, it was raining the whole session and we saw Carlos crash out during the session. He lost his front wing and the back wing was also not looking too pretty afterwards. It was a pretty hard crash to say the least. When they played the recap and I heard the sound of his car crashing into the wall, I didn't feel too good after that. But a lot of the drivers during the session in general were going into the grass as kind of a saving point throughout the turns. And we even saw at one point Valtteri holding onto his mirror that was holding on to dear life itself. He was like holding the mirror with like one arm like over and then the steering with the other. How did he do it? I have no idea. I can barely drive with one arm or one hand in my own car. But we ended up with FP3 ending with Max in first, followed by Charles and Fernando. I enjoyed seeing Charles up at the top again, but I know it was just free practice. And unfortunately, during the session, Head Kravitz had mentioned about Charles' special race helmet for this weekend and how they had to sign it in dedication to Gilles Villeneuve. Sorry for any mispronunciation. However, his family weren't too keen about the tribute and disagreed with the design and how many sponsorships were displayed. And Ferrari and Charles had explained and apologized to the family and decided not to use the helmet and go back to his usual helmet that he has been using. Personally, I get what where the family is coming from, but at the same time, Jill's also raced for Ferrari and sponsorships is just, the display of the sponsorships, I feel like it's just something that's out of anyone's control. However, we got some good news right before the start of Quali and it appeared that Charles had spoken to the Villeneuve family in particular to his wife and daughter and Charles being Charles probably was like apologizing and expressing you know that was just a tribute and everything and fortunately it ended on good terms and we got to see Charles use his special helmet for the rest of the weekend oh qualifying it was absolute and utter chaos typically how qualifying goes we saw Alex Albon in a Williams leading in Q2 red flags so many penalties given to drivers Rain, engine problems, crashes, and of course, even more rain. Q1 started with almost an immediate red flag due to Joe having an engine problem that caused him to not be able to shift out of first gear, so he stopped on track, but was able to get the car moving again on his own, so he was allowed to do that, and the red flag eventually went away very quickly after he made it back to the garage and got it fixed in time for him to go back out and finish the session. There was a mad dash in Q2 to change from the intermediate tire to the soft since the rain had slowed and the track was drying up, which is where we saw Alex take the lead since Williams has been on fire with their strategy recently. I think it's due to James Voles coming in with his Mercedes knowledge, but they quickly changed the softs and Alex's tires and got him out there and he was able to put in some banger and fire laps, which is why he was leading Q2. Unfortunately, Charles asked his team to switch to softs, but they said no, so he only qualified 11th, which he then started the race 10th due to some penalties. Lance almost lost it all in Q2 with a major slide, but he was able to save it. And then <laughs> the more crashes, or almost crashes, Oscar crashed out in Q3, causing a red flag in the last seven minutes, which caused a lot of drivers to only get one good lap in and then heavy rain fell as soon as the red flag fell the drivers were not able to put in more laps and get better times in fact alex didn't even set a time during q3 
Carlos Sainz, Lance Stroll, and Yuki Tsunoda all received a three-place grid penalty for impeding, and Nico Hulkenberg also received a three-place grid penalty, but for going too slow during a red flag. Now we're going to talk about some pre-race chat and fun. Yes, and exactly that. Pre-race fun. I don't know if y'all watched some of the pre-race prior to race happening, but during the anthem, we had Lance Lovely in the front with some kids while they were singing, which was cool to see that at his home race. And then I don't know if y'all got to see, George commented in an interview saying that an Aussie had flicked him off in the Red Bull. And lo and behold, it was our lovely Danny Rick. Um, that was hilarious to see. And then they shoot like a little video of Danny doing that. So gotta love it. He's, he's still here, even when he's out on the grid. We just love Danny and his silliness. And then the grid walk, as always, it's entertaining for many of us. But the most entertaining part for me was seeing the wall of Ferrari mechanics covering Charles's car and Martin being Martin was crouching down in between their legs for a small peek just to see what was going on. And there was a picture on Twitter floating around. You can literally see him down there and just like trying to like look in and you see the mechanics just like standing there like the Great Wall of China not budging or anything like that. So that was entertaining there. Also, another entertaining thing was I didn't realize Gordon Ramsay was going to be there. I think that was the most random celebrity spotting at the Canadian GP. Like, I'd expect him to show up at Silverstone, because, you know, he's from there. But, like, Canada? Out of all places? I mean, I get it. It's, like, an iconic track, but Gordon Ramsay at Canada? And also, Martin saying that Gordon was a Red Bull fan, too? That was also unexpected. But, you know, it's all good. I think I would expect Gordon Ramsay to be in Las Vegas, because, you know, he has his Hell's Kitchen restaurant out there. Just thinking about that. So I don't know. It's cool to see what celebrities are out there and showing up. And it's always nice to see that they're also F1 fans like us. So that's just me right there. But again, I would think he would be in Vegas instead of Canada. Not to talk down in Canada because it is a beautiful country I would love to visit. But just thinking logistics here. And then now on to race day, the best day of the week. So we had a bunch of grid penalties, as Meg had mentioned earlier in our chat. And then we saw a lot of changes to the starting grid compared to how it actually had ended. From P1 to P20, this was the order. Max, Fernando, Lewis, followed by George, Esteban, Nico, Lando, Oscar, Alex, Charles, Carlos, Sergio, Kevin, Valtteri, Pierre, Lance, Nick, Logan, Yuki, and Joe. At the start of the race, we saw a clean start. And of course, Max being Max, he was able to take the lead right away. But we saw some excitement right then and there. And Lewis was able to take over Fernando and claim the P2 spot. Only for, I wouldn't say a small amount of time, but it was a good amount of time. And then, of course, Fernando took it back. But unfortunately for Williams, Logan had to retire his car very early on in the race. And per Williams' official Twitter page, they had tweeted, quote, the team will investigate the issue that led to the decision to retire Logan's car from the Canadian GP after the race. So I didn't see anything about that during the race in general. Um, I don't know if the girls have either, but again, this is what I saw from their page on Twitter. And I, for one, was really happy about Ferrari finally getting their strategy right today. 
<laughs> I know during the virtuals, it was one of the safety cars. All the other teams had started to go in for their pit stops and switch out their tires and Ferrari like stayed out. And I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen today? But luckily both drivers had finished in the points with Charles and P4 and Carlos and P5. And they had both started more in the middle part of the grid. So they definitely put in that work and made sure to put their team as close to the top as possible. And overall, I enjoyed today's race and really enjoyed the midfield battles, the overtakes that were done by Lando, the duel at the start of the race between Carlos and Checo, and so much more. It was really entertaining and also beautiful. And it definitely kept me on my toes today, which is what I really wanted. Max wins again. Shocker. But he did, he did have a really good drive and it kind of is incredible how every single weekend he manages to pull this insane gap like out of nowhere because lewis was only like two or three seconds behind him for the first couple of laps and then it's like max turned on the boosters or something and just managed to soar i i still don't get it like adrian newey you are a god for designing that car seriously props to you and to max for driving the hell out of that car because checo i don't know what's going on with him man but in other news mclaren uh, i don't know man they're just their race strategy is terrible i'm gonna be honest like to potentially have both cars finish in the points yet again and have neither of them finish in the points yet again I just, I, I don't know what else, what else to do. Like I said last recap, I'm praying and I'm so hopeful for these new staff members that are coming in throughout the next couple of years. And also for the changes to the car that Andreas Seidel has said that are coming in Austria. That's supposed to be a completely new and different and opposite car to what they have now. I'm just praying for something good because that five second time penalty, man, I'm still confused as to why that happened. And I still need an explanation as to why that happened because he lost more than three grid places, which is what Carlos got. And he almost killed Pierre yesterday. No, no shade to Carlos because I know you love him, Chelsea, but it, he almost killed some people yesterday and he only got three grid places for it so and i get that it's most likely because you can't really give a time penalty during qualifying and it's kind of hard to give a grid place drop during a race it's more so the time penalty thing but valtteri bottas did the same thing earlier on in the race and he didn't get anything for it so make it make sense fia pretty please make it make sense and even though that happened Lando still managed to have some absolutely stellar overtakes throughout the race, even though it was a painful race on his side, but he still managed to have some killer overtakes, and Oscar did too, mind you. They both had some killer overtakes, even though they both finished outside of the points. The worst part of the race for me was when Lando asked over the radio if he had a five-second gap to anybody, and the pit said no, and he goes, Mega. Like, that's so sad. <laughs> he's just he's just living living and oh poor guy and also esteban also ran him off of the track at the end not that it really mattered in the end because he was still gonna lose grid positions but lando was ahead at the apex so he still could have potentially finished a place higher 
and I don't know. It's just, to me, there's no point of almost crashing into Lando at the end of the race just for one position, even though you know you're going to gain a position because Lando's going to drop and it's not worth killing someone. But I know Esteban can be pretty defensive. So going back to Oscar, even though he finished outside of the points, yet again, like I said, he had a mega drive. And if McLaren cannot get their shit together, I'm pretty sure they will go down like Williams, like as one of, being one of the best teams in F1 history and then having something happen and now they're like going backwards and taking steps backwards and my man Alex Albon had a day he had a mega drive and managed to get in the points and I'm so happy for him and he's one of my favorite drivers on the grid so I'm super happy that he had a good race today and how it ended and also how that man got driver of the day because it was very well deserved Honestly, I really enjoyed this race. So I did have to miss uh, two of the practice races, and I actually only watched half of Quali. It's been a very busy weekend. So I didn't really know who was going to be on the starting grid. I will just say that. And I noticed it was very messy because everyone was just kind of in these random places that I wasn't really expecting. And Max was on his 25th pole position, which no surprise. And the first 10 laps were, I mean, enough to keep me entertained where I was like, I'm going to watch this whole race. I'm not leaving. And it was great. So Alonso and Hamilton have become my fave rivals to watch lately on the races because ever since we did that history episode to Alonso, um, which please listen if you haven't, it was really cool. I've been obsessed with like watching them on the track. Alonso was super aggressive from the start. I mean, we were only, I think, on like lap nine and he was already trying to push past Hamilton and he had a plan. So we know Alonso said earlier this week, or it might have been last week, but he said he was not going to finish any more races, not on the podium. And respect, because that's exactly what he did today. Now, the fight was tough. I mean, after all, they pitted during George's safety car after he had like a little brush with the wall. Well, not little. He he messed up his front wing. But the fight was tough, man. And after all, when they did like the pit stop, Hamilton almost hit Alonzo. I mean, honestly, I think Alonzo might have been acting a little bit dramatic because the FIA took no action. They were like, that's not a big deal, man. But I love the little drama that is Fernando. And he wasn't the only one. I know that Lando and actually I'm not sure who it was, but Lando almost hit Alex Albin. That's right. And Albin actually had to break before he almost hit Norris. So technically, I'm surprised the FA took no action there either. But maybe because it was so similar to Fernando and they were just like, let's give both of them off. FA does weird things. Anyway, the fight was really fun to watch. And we had them going back and forth on the fastest slap too until Alonzo, I think, might have been having like a brick of shoes, so he pushed off. And I'm not sure when Hamilton mentioned that, but I do remember Hamilton either heard it in the garages, like through his headphone, or he could hear it just following Hamilton. But we saw Alonso come in second, and Hamilton was literally right behind him, and they gave a nice little respectful handshake after the race. So I appreciate it. It was really fun to watch. And I did have some highlights. So Lando and Charles like were fighting and all I could think about was Charles screaming, Lando, we can be world champions, but you're in my way. And Alex was holding his place in seven from like the early, early 40 laps. And I thought that was really amazing because he's kind of been one of my like favorite drivers ever since I got into Drive to Survive when that show was really popular. And I guess it's still popular. Sorry, but whatever. He was really one of my favorite drivers to watch so i've loved that also magnuson and nick's like little bumper carts 
I'm sorry. That was so funny. They were really going at it. I think Kevin actually his break might have locked and I was just like, see, that's what you get because you guys need to behave. They were not. And seeing Lance pull that like last second ninth place was just amazing. Thank you. That's what I need to see in Canada. You need to get a point. There was something that Melissa mentioned earlier. There was signs like just taking over and he told his team like, I am not going to box box, like leave me alone. And they finally listened to him, which they need to do more often. And seeing the Ferrari boys, just Charles and Carlos coming fourth and fifth, I was like, I'll take it. This is something I'll take for my Ferrari heart. And speaking of the Ferrari boys, my predictions, I would say, were pretty accurate with the race. Although Carlos did not end up on the podium, he did still manage to stay in the top five after being dropped down to 11th place. So good job, Carlos. Lewis and Fernando did manage to get up on the podium, which I did say in the predictions episode, we could see either of them up there, and both of them got up there. And I know they both love Canada, especially Lewis and the track, so really happy to see him up there. I do wonder, though, what the results would have been if both Ferraris were up at the front from the start, if anything would have shifted or some things would have been changed. Who knows? I also was hoping for a points finish for Alex, and he got it, which I'm so happy. And he managed to get more than one point, which is also pretty amazing. So, so happy for Alex. My predictions for the McLarens did not come true, but I don't know what I was expecting from them. Hopefully, they can score some points in the next couple of races, because it does absolutely break my heart that in the Constructors, they are 6th place, and even further down in the driver's standings. Do better, McLaren. So, my predictions as Megan's were pretty close, too. If not, I think I got them spot on. I did say that I would want to see Fernando, Lewis, or George up there with Max. But unfortunately, we saw what happened with George, and he had to DNF. But I am pleased with today's results, seeing Fernando in P2 and Lewis in P3. So that was fun. Ferrari, again, got their strategy finally right, and the boys were able to get a good amount of points. So happy to Fosi fan right here. And as mentioned, I am super proud of Alex today, and he rightfully deserves driver of the day. I don't know what that man is cooking in the Williams, but he is cooking, and I want to see what else happens the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, if you guys haven't listened to our predictions episode, go listen to that. Although it's after a race now, so maybe our predictions episode isn't too good, but we definitely have a good history part in there, so maybe just go listen to that. But... In case you haven't listened to the predictions, my prediction was Red Bull 1-2 with George and P3. And surprise, surprise, Max P1, he had them on lock. I mean, it was his third Grand Slam of the season in a row, which is impressive because I think only Sebastian Vettel managed more. Perez, on the other hand, didn't deliver. But I'm not surprised, honestly. He hasn't really delivered since Baku. And they call him this king of street circuits, which at this point, can we question that, please? For my P3, I did George, but we got Lewis. So I'm guessing my reverse psychology worked because ultimately, in my hearts of hearts, I wanted Lewis up there. So at the end of the day, two out of three 
isn't bad, I would say, for my predictions, especially considering I actually didn't want my predictions to happen, or at least not the way they did. So I personally had no predictions, so I don't have anything to tell you whether or not they came true or or what. But I am going to speak on behalf of Leanne here as she recently started a segment on our socials letting an F1 filter decide the race day podium, which was P3 was Joe, P2 was Charles, and P1 was Pierre. None of them came true. (laughs) Which would have been good if they did, because it would have been a first for some of them to get on the podium, especially P1. Charles was close with getting P4, but ultimately was not as uh, successful as we thought. But this will be coming forth as a weekly segment, so stay tuned to see if the F1 filter will continue to be wrong, or will we see a right one come true? I would love to see that filter get everything right just once. It'd be fun. Honestly, I had no predictions because I did not jump on the episode, but I do wish I would have seen Lance a little higher in the points just for his home race. I, In my head, I thought he was going to get hired. Otherwise, I think the race was great, and while McLaren did have some trouble, I thought they were really kicking butt for like a hot minute, and I think they have a chance of getting some points in the future, so my prediction is we're going to see that happen. It's just going to take maybe one more race, or the next one. I will say that McLaren did kind of impress me, because since Miami, where they were like very, very bottom of the grid, they have been successfully getting better each race. While there weren't in the points, it was a lot better than what I was initially thinking. So maybe future points, hopefully. I'm definitely hoping for the best for McLaren now because it was fun to see Oscar and Lando just put in that work today. And it was really entertaining, especially towards the very end between Lando and Esteban just duking it out to the very last second possible. I'm very hopeful for points, and it does sound like I'm hating on them. I'm not. I'm just a big critique of them because I am a huge fan of both of them, and I just want to see them succeed. But like the ladies have said, although it wasn't the best race for McLaren, it's an improvement, and especially like Hannah said, from Miami. I was at Miami, so seeing that in person was just rough, but... It is an improvement, and I'm hopeful for more improvements, and hopefully they can start finishing in the points. Yeah, I mean, McLaren, I feel like we know that a few teams have brought up grades. Like, Merck has brought up grades, McLaren has, Williams has brought up grades on Alex's car, but I feel like for McLaren, they are working out the best, because they were literally bottom of the grid up until Miami, and then they bought the upgrades for Imola that didn't happen, brought them to Monaco, and from then on, we've seen McLaren in a solid midfield position, which is nice to see. Especially now that the triple crown livery is gone, we can't blame it on the livery anymore, so it truly is the car. Like Ido was just talking about with the upgrades, I am hopeful because, like I said previously, they're supposed to do a complete turnaround upside down. I, I don't know what you want to call it, but they're saying it's going to be a completely different car in Austria from what they have now. So 
I hope those are even better improvements. I hope we don't take any steps backwards. I really hope we don't go backwards because I think I would cry. But I'm hopeful for Austria and even further on and what's going to happen. And also speaking of upgrades, I wonder where we'll see Logan once his car gets upgrades like the ones Alex has. Because if Alex did this well with those upgrades, will we finally see a points finish from Logan? Who knows? I might scream if that happens, to be honest, because that man deserves something at least better than where he was. But I will say one thing that really shocked me was for the first time, first time we've seen Charles, our lovely Charles, finish higher up than he has been in a really long time all season must have been a very good vote of confidence for him that he still got it that something is going right and whatever it was that was issues with his car and the spanish grand prix has been fixed going into this race weekend so i'm excited to see what austria brings for him and hopefully it's we're continuously going up from here instead of going down Speaking of Charles, I just hope the strategy team and Xavi in particular listen to him when he makes a suggestion. I am tired of hearing them say something completely opposite in regards to tires and then it just like diminishes like the end result knowing that he can definitely be doing a lot better in that car. Like I know it, from qualifying, I think he stayed on inters and he asked for slicks and we saw where he ended up, and it was it's just really annoying at this point. Have it out for Xavi. Amen to that, especially because if you compare it to Max and his engineer, his engineer at the beginning of the race asked Max for feedback. Max said it, what he thought, and he was the engineer was like, yes, okay, we're going to go with that. And I'm like, Yes, listen to the drivers. They're the ones out on track. They're the ones that have to drive in these conditions. They know what they know. Like, what? It happened during Quali 2 with Max. Like, they were like, what do you think about this? And he was just like, I don't think so. And they're like, copy. And it's like, here. So it's like, come on now. Like, what more do you guys need? That is a perfect example of a good team communication skills. Communication skills is key to every fundamental. But I will say, this is a myth, and it's never been confirmed. Lewis, where's another shirtless picture indicating that someone's not going to be in F1 anymore? I know who I'd pick, so please. I mean, didn't he post a shirtless picture post-Spain that hasn't been associated with anyone yet? So maybe that, that is for that? I don't know, but Lewis... If we truly want the Xavi thing to come true, we need another one, as Hannah said. Well, I didn't come out and fully say it, but there we go. There we go. <laughs> I mean, personally, if we're talking Lewis shirtless pictures and who we want to go, I mean, I would say Zach Brown, but that's just me. Or, or if he doesn't go, I'm sorry, Zach, but as a McLaren fan. Or if he doesn't go, like, talk to your IndyCar team, because they're doing great in IndyCar. Like, Pato's, I'm pretty sure he's third or fourth in the constructors in IndyCar. So, whatever's working there, bring it to F1, man, because they need it. Or what if 
It was the reverse switcheroo. And every time he posted it, something we wanted came true. Like bringing Danny back. I don't know where he would go. I have some ideas of where I'd want him. But I wish that would come true. Our lovely little Danny Rick. All I'm going to say is the power of manifestation is very strong. And if we all get together and start manifesting some changes within the teams, who knows? Maybe it'll happen even without the power of shirtless Lewis on Instagram. So I don't know about y'all, but I'm over here like, please, please, please. One day. Who knows? Maybe they're waiting for the end of the season for these changes. At this point, I don't know. And for a moment of the weekend, we got two coming out of the Canadian GP. First, we got Max equaling the same amount of wins compared to Senna. And the very exciting part, Red Bull as a whole got their 100th win as a team. So we love that for Max and we love that for Red Bull. And with that, thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Canada Grand Prix Recap. What did you think of this year's Canada GP? Reach out to us on social media and let us know. You can find us everywhere as Paddock Girls Podcast, except Twitter. She's a little extra special as Paddock Girls Pod. Thank you so much for joining us in the paddock for another episode. Stay tuned for a few fun episodes coming up as we take another little race break this weekend. Thank you for joining us in the paddock. See you at next race. Bye, Craig. See you, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig.